Hello, everybody. My name is Chad, founder of ConformToJesus.com, where the mission and goal is to help Christians share the gospel and strengthen their faith through Bible commentary, devotionals, theology, and poetry for the glory of God. To read my articles, you can visit my website at ConformToJesus.com. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be going through the modern Bible commentary from chapter 6 of the book of Romans. I will be using the World English Bible, and that is because it came about in order to provide a translation of the Bible in normal modern English that can provide unrestricted free posting on the internet and be freely copied without written permission from the publisher and payment of royalties. It's so amazing that this Word of God is free to be distributed to the entire world. Let us now begin in chapter 5 of the book of Romans. Or, I'm sorry, chapter 6 of the book of Romans, starting in verses 1 through 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. We who died to sin, how could we live in it any longer? In this chapter, Paul is clarifying that an increase in grace does not result in an increase in sin. This should be clear to believers, but some were slanderously claiming to do evil that good may result. The Apostle states that those who make these statements, their condemnation is just. For how can someone who loves the Lord spurn God's law? Additionally, Paul says that when we live for Christ, we die to sin. The Greek word here expresses this idea of a completed action. So we can no longer live like we did in the past, for the old man is no longer there. Instead, we must continue repenting and believing in the gospel as regenerated, born-again disciples of Christ. Paul further elaborates on the death of our old nature in Colossians 3, verse 3, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Consequently, we are to rid ourselves of earthly pleasures that would distract us from conforming to Christ, that is, impurity, lust, evil desires, all of which are idolatry. Now verses 3 through 4 from Romans chapter 6. Or don't you know that all we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him through baptism into death, that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might be walking in newness of life. This is a powerful statement. When one is baptized, they are signifying to the world the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. When a believer goes under the water, their old self perishes by the waters of judgment, and their new self is raised into identification with Christ. As it states here, we were buried with him through baptism, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have the same hope of eternal life. In Acts 2.38, the writer Luke informs both Jews and Gentiles to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. When they do so, then they will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This conditional statement demonstrates the importance and the necessity of baptism. God did not tell us to pray Jesus into our hearts. God specifically said to call on the name during baptism. Any other mode is not biblical, no matter how genuine the person may be. And that's why leaders must teach the appropriate mode because they're ultimately responsible for their congregation. Let us read now Romans chapter 6 verses 5 through 7. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, 
we also will be part of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be in bondage to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. God promises us that we will be united with him. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 states, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. 2 Timothy 2.11 also declares the same truth. If we died with him, we will also live with him. Thus, our promises have been secured in Christ, and Scripture promises believers will be resurrected. Remember that when we accept Christ, our, our self is crucified so that the carnal nature ruled by sin would become eradicated. Paul discusses this in greater detail in the following chapters regarding the wrestling of the old and the new man. Nevertheless, it's clear that God's Spirit will strengthen our moral conscience. He will give us the power to overcome sin so that it will no longer become our master. When we profess genuine faith in Christ, we have been set free. For there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who no longer live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Let us now read Romans chapter 6 verses 8 through 9, or 8 through 10. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, for the death that he died, he died to sin one time, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. The Greek word for living with Christ occurs here and in 2 Timothy 2 verse 11 in the Greek. This verb conveys the idea of living a blessed life with Christ after death. There is this new life in union with Christ that is juxtaposed with living a physical life on earth. Thus, according to this passage, the life lived in heaven is far greater than the life lived here on earth. And maybe this is why Paul stated before that, to live is Christ, to die is gain, Philippians 1.21. Paul then reassures his audience that death is only experienced once. After that, we cannot die again. For death no longer has mastery over those who put their trust and faith in God. As Christians receive new bodies, they won't be infected with sin that leads to death. Therefore, believers will live and reign with God forever. They will receive immortality, just like the risen Savior. Now let's move on to Romans chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. So consider yourselves also to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. Jesus our Lord. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. Also, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Since believers are no longer under the law, the law's wrath, but under grace, they will be spared in the day of judgment. Does this mean the law is no longer applicable? No, Jesus makes it clear when he said in Matthew 5:17, Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. In other words, people were already presuming that Jesus was doing away with the law, and so that is why Jesus clearly states, Do not think the law is gone. It's not, but I have fulfilled the law through grace. Salvation is not in the law, never has been. Grace by faith in Christ is how one is saved, Ephesians 2, 7-8. However, the law continually points us to Christ, and it is still a necessary part of the gospel message. 
Additionally, Jesus warns believers not to offer themselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer themselves to God. This is important because whatever we worship will have dominion over our lives. So if a person worships money, their thoughts, attitudes, and dispositions will try to find that satisfaction in this false god. Ultimately, money will disappoint and even corrupt the person. This is the reason why God warns us to flee from idolatry and rest in His saving grace. Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 16. What then shall we sin, because we are not under the law, but under grace? May it never be. Don't you know that when you will present yourselves as servants and obey someone, you are the servants of whomever you obey, whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness? The Apostle Paul makes it clear here that you resemble the one you obey. If you allow sin to possess you, it will lead to your demise. However, if you become obedient to righteousness, you will live in victory. Moreover, it makes no difference whether we are under the law or under grace because true faith desires to work out salvation with fear and trembling. A genuine Christian will make every effort to eradicate sin even though it doesn't contribute one ounce to his or her salvation. The Greek word here is translated as offer yourselves and can denote yielding and surrendering by pressure or demand. As believers, we should never yield to sin and give in to its temptations, for your sin will always find you out, Numbers 32, and it never turns out well. Therefore, let's be obedient to Christ and follow Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Romans chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. But thanks be to God, that whereas you were bondservants of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were delivered. Being made free from sin, you became bondservants of righteousness. Once again, the Apostle Paul returns back to his pastoral heart. He encourages believers in Rome that they have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. The Apostle also gives thanks to God because of the evidence of the Spirit working in both Jewish and Gentile believers. In life, there are two choices, either a person worships God or not. Whichever decision one makes, they still have an allegiance with the person or thing that they obey. If the believer decides to serve the living God, they are to pick up their cross daily and follow Him. If an unbeliever wishes to worship self, they will form an alliance with their ego, and their ego will become arrogant and boastful. Romans chapter 6 verses 19 through 21. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For as you presented your members as servants to uncleanliness and to wickedness upon wickedness, even so now present your members as servants to righteousness for sanctification. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit then did you have at that time in the thing of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. As followers of Christ, faith is the key that leads to obedience. When you have faith in God and trust that He is good, you will have a desire to obey. Your obedience then leads to spiritual growth and, uh, and holiness. In my opinion, what keeps you focused on developing the fruit of the Spirit is not strict obedience, it is your understanding and experiencing of God's love. When perfect love casts out all fear, you will rejoice in reaping the harvest of being committed to the kingdom of heaven. Paul once again reminds his readers that the only thing we reap in our former lives as pagans and disobedient people resulted in spiritual death. For in the next verse, Paul concludes that the wages of sin is death, 
Therefore, living for self and defiance toward God will not end well for anybody, and that's why it's imperative that humans turn to their Heavenly Father for reconciliation. Let us end in Romans chapter 6, verses 22 through 23. But now, being made free from sin and having become servants of God, you have your fruit of sanctification and the result of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is declaring that when we put our faith in Christ, we will be set free from sin and become servants of God. This will benefit believers, leading them to a life of holiness that results in eternal life. Once again, Paul concludes with an emphasis on the wages of sin leading to death. The Greek term for wage here means to be stipend or to pay that one receives for their work. Thus, when we work for sin, we will reap what we sow. The consequence, of course, is condemnation. The good news is that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. When we repent, get baptized, and call on the name of the Lord, we will be saved. For it is by grace through faith. Salvation is a gift from God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In the next chapter, Paul will go into specific detail about how one is released from the law and bound to Christ. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I look forward to being with you on our next podcast as we do a Bible commentary on Romans chapter 7. Have a wonderful day.